So on the, I got a call the other day uh, from a friend, a friend of mine. Uh, I've been friends with uh, he and his family since I was a, a new priest. So I've, I've known uh, this guy and his uh, mom and dad and brothers and sisters for a long time. And uh, so he called me. He, he graduated from college a couple years ago. And uh, he got a job right out of college at some uh, some good firm company out in uh, out on the East Coast, and so he's living out there now. He said, "You know, just we were just talking, and uh, he goes, hey, I got to run something by you.' Okay, he goes, uh, something's off in my life, and I don't know what it is." I'm not as happy as I used to be. So this 23, 24-year-old young man is not happy. And, and so I said, well, you know, what, what, are your, what do you think it is? He goes, I don't know. He goes, my, you know, I, I miss my family. Uh, came out here by myself and... It was really, he's really tight with his uh, mom and dad, brothers and sisters, and his extended family. He's really close with his cousins, a lot of cousins, and they're all very social with each other. So he misses all that. So he left uh, the support system that he had. And I said, so you haven't really replaced it? He goes, I have, but it's not the same. They're not the same. It's, it just feels like it's missing something. And, and I said, well, you know, what else is... What else do you think it might be? Because you know, I haven't gone to mass in months. Now, he used to go every every Sunday, enjoyed going. Uh, parish they go to is a vibrant place, and his parents uh, love their faith and exhibit it with joy, happiness. Uh, all his siblings go, his cousins go, they often go together. So it was another aspect of that support system. Not only was it his relationships, it was his relationship with the Lord, too. It was very important to him. And when he was in college, he was like a, a major member of like the Newman Center where he went, and he was very involved in his faith even in college. But as soon as he left and got this job, it was gone. I said, well, what's, like, what, have you found a parish? He goes, yeah, but it's, it's lousy. It's a lousy parish. You know, folks, have you ever run into a parish that you maybe, uh, you know, didn't feel right? And it didn't, you know, there's something wrong with it. Well, you know, there's a lot of parishes like that. But for a young person, um, those places can be deadly when they haven't figured out all the pieces yet. And so, unfortunately, he moved near a parish that is just Deadsville. And I said, well, that's... That's fine. Those parishes are everywhere. I said, well, what did you do about it? What do you mean? I said, did you look for another one? <laughs> you know, you're in a city. There's a lot of parishes. And so I, you know, I opened up, while well, I'm talking to him, I opened up my, my uh, pad, and I said, all right, put in the name of the town. And, uh, and right away, all these, I said, within two miles of your, uh, your condo, there's, there's like 15 parishes. There's got to be, one of those has got to have something for you. Says, You're an adult now. 
I kind of pushed on him a little bit. So you're an adult. So, you know, mom and dad aren't there to tell you. Your cousins aren't there to entertain you. You've got to figure this out. You've got to put this together in your own life. You've got to make this make sense for you. Did the Lord stop calling you because you graduated from college? No, he's always calling you. But now you've got to figure it out from a standpoint of adult independence. And obviously, it's important because something is off in your life. Something doesn't feel right, and you're not happy. And at a deep level, you understand that it's because you're lonely and you miss your family and your friends, and you also are, are lonely because you miss the Lord. So what do you do? He goes, well, I go to the gym every day. I said, so what is that? He goes, well, the gym is my church. <laughs> You know, and he, you know, he, he knows that's totally bogus. Um, and he knows that's part of the problem. And so we, we, we had a good conversation. And, and we, I think I, we found a couple parishes in that conversation. I said, now these two look promising. That young adult groups, they've got adoration. Uh, figure it out. Find some good Catholic friends that are going to support you in your faith. Now, here's the thing. Um, Here's the thing, today, um, all of us experience moments in our life where things are off, don't we? It's like, ah, something doesn't feel right. I'm not happy, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm, I can't understand why, you know, my, my spouse does this or my kids don't Listen to me, and on my job, I hate it. A lot of us still haven't recovered from COVID and how they just gutted us. Still haven't put all the pieces back together from that. It's understandable. Sometimes things feel off. And, and, and all of a sudden we realize, I'm not happy. Brothers and sisters, don't settle for that. You're made to be happy. You're wired for happiness. You're wired for joy. But it, it isn't just going to happen. It's like you're a kid, your parents made you go to Mass. At some point, you have to make an adult decision to say, that's what I want for myself. As, as, as we begin to understand our place in the world and our place with the Lord and we act out on that mission and vocation and place in the world, all of a sudden we realize this is the key to my happiness. But we got to fight for it. See, this is the thing. I was talking to my friend. All right, so you're lonely and unhappy. All right. The key to happiness it's been said are these two things. Relationships and virtue. Relationships and virtue. All right, let's start with virtue. When did you first receive supernatural virtue? You've received it at your baptism. God poured his life into you. And then at that moment, you had the capacity, 
as you grow in wisdom, age, and grace, to be virtuous. It's a gift from God to act like God. God gives you his life so that you can act God's life out in the world. Virtue. So virtue is something that is given to you as a gift, poured into you at baptism, and strengthened and renewed in all the sacraments so that you can act like a good person, so that you can act like Jesus, so that you can soar to these levels. You've heard that it was say, an eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. You can do revenge within a system of justice. But I say to you, turn the other cheek. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. These are all elements of the old law. You know, they didn't have grace, so they had to have major restrictions on their behavior to keep them in line, settling for the least burdensome form of expectation of them. You can do revenge, but you've got to stay within a system of justice. You, you've got to love your family because you can hate everybody else. But Jesus comes now with the authority of the one who wrote the law and says, I'm rewriting it to a higher level of expectation. Not only can you not... Not only do you have to love your neighbor, you've got to love everybody, even those who you feel are not your neighbors, because everybody is your neighbor. You've got to love. You know, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. What, we say, oh, I can't be perfect like God. Yes, you can. Not by your own natural lights, but by supernatural grace, and you practice the virtue that flows from that. Yes, you can. You can be perfect. What is God perfect? In. God is love. So what is God's perfection? Love. What is the expectation put on us? To love like God. Can we do it on our own? No, because that's what that is. None of us have the ability to love like that. So we say, help me, God, and God does. He pours his grace into us, and now we've got love, we've got virtues, we've got all the things that we need, and as long as we practice them and live them out, they grow stronger in wisdom, age, grace, and we go out in the world, and we can be love. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. No excuses. Stop complaining. Don't say, oh, I don't know how to do that. That's too hard, and this person did this, and I'm angry at this person, and this, this, I'm disappointed about this, and this failed me, and, you know, the church is boring, and I don't like my job. And, oh, yeah, all these things happen. Be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Love. Here's the problem with virtue. This is it right here. Thomas Aquinas said, happiness is the proper exercise of the faculties of the soul according to the life of the virtues. You say, what does that mean? You want to be happy? Proper, proper exercise of the faculties of the soul. What is that? Intellect, will. How you think and how you act on what you think. How you choose to act. Right? I think and I act how? Virtuously. If I think and I act, I choose to do those two things by virtue, I will be happy. What's the problem with virtue? Virtue is something that's given to us, is poured into us. All right, so you were baptized, or you got your first communion, you go to confession, you're confirmed. I was like, all right, I'm a saint. No. Those, those virtues are in you, but they're latent. You have, to, you have to make a conscious decision, intellect and will, to act on the virtue that is latent in you, that has been placed there by God, and then what do you do with it? You've got to practice it. Otherwise, it's dead and has no effect. You have to practice love. You have to practice faith. You have to practice hope. You have to practice purity and perseverance and fear of the Lord and, and, and trust. And you have to practice these virtues. 
And the more you practice them, the more, the more alive they become in you. And the more, the more alive they become and the more you practice them, they become something where you don't even have to think about them anymore. You're like an athlete who's finally trained his body to act in a certain way. It just does what it does. You, 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 it just happens because you've practiced it. It's become a part of who you are. It's like breathing. It, virtue is something that when finally practiced becomes something ultimately that is done with ease. And I act on it and it's become who I am because Christ is alive in me and he is the one who is acting in me. And now, by that virtue that I have practiced and become in my behavior, intellect and will, how I think and how I act and how I choose to act in the world virtuously, now I go out. Here's the other second piece. I go out and I change the people in my life. Here's the question. Are the people in your life because they know you better, because they know you? Are the people in your life holier because of your holiness? Are the people in your life becoming saints because you're trying to be a saint? And that, when, when the answer is no, something is off. Something doesn't feel right. It's like our friend out on the East Coast. Something is off. Well, I'm not working on my relationships, and I'm not working on my faith. I'm not growing in virtue, and so my, my person is not alive with Christ, and so I am not having the effect on the people in my life that I'm supposed to. I'm not changing them into Jesus, and I feel it, and I'm unhappy because I'm not doing what I was made to do. We're, we're called to live at this elevated level, not just loving neighbor, but loving everyone because we have the capacity for that in us by grace. We're not building on grace. Grace builds on nature, and our natures aren't changing because we're not practicing the grace and the virtue necessary. This is the key to life, brothers and sisters. Now, okay, all right. Um, let's, let's make it practical. This, this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Have you thought about what you're going to do? Have you thought about it? Do you know? Everybody here should have an idea already what they need to do. Because everybody here, there's a part of your life that's off. There's a part of you that's robbing you of your spiritual authority. There is a part of you that is not happy. There's, a, there's an issue. And you need to deal with it. We all do. Got to do it. So... Whether you're not doing something you're supposed to or you're doing something you're not, we all have that. You work on both. You know what would be great is if we could do something together. Do you want to do a project together? Do you? All of us doing the same thing? Oh, my goodness. Did you all say yes? All right. You're going to be sorry. <laughs> Let's give up screens. Oh. <laughs> you already said you're going to do it. You can't change now. Screens. Where do we use screens? We use screens on, um, all right, we, uh, video games. No video games. Uh, no social media. No Instagram. Uh, no TikTok. You shouldn't be on TikTok anyways. You're, all your, all your information is being uploaded into a Chinese database, you know. Uh, Facebook, no, uh, no Netflix, 
no Prime, um, no TV. Uh, you, can use, you can use screens for one thing. It's things that have to be done. I can use screens for homework, emails, work, uh, all the things that uh, I do it because I have to. You can do that. Now, some of you are sit sitting there thinking, there's not a, there's no way I'm going to do that. And here's, here's, and here's the, I'm going to put it back on you. Why? Why won't you do it? Because you don't want to or because you can't? And if the answer is I can't, or if when you thought about, if you think about doing it, it scares you, all the more reason to do it. Why? Because we're addicted to it. We're addicted. We're not free. You want to be free? Be virtuous. Our addictions destroy virtue. Not because they're necessarily bad. Everything I just mentioned, say for TikTok, is not necessarily bad. All right? It's, it's that we've become addicted and they force everything else out of our life. Think of what would happen if you freed yourself from the one thing that robs of us over most time and our most energy and keeps us from being the people that we're called to be because we become slaves to these tiny little screens that suck the life through our eyeballs out of us. Huh? Think about all the time you get back. Think about all the, all the time you'd have more time to pray to listen, to talk, to be with your family, to reinvent your family, to take your family back, to exercise the authority you should have over your kids as parents, uh, to, to have the control over your, the formation of your children rather than surrendering it to some anonymous person that's uh, on the other side of that screen teaching your kids uh, God only knows what. For 40 days to experiment and say, I wonder if my life will be better at the end of those 40 days if I give up this addiction. If I give up this lack of freedom in my life. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's scary. But it's possible. We just don't want to do it. You know what I'm addicted to? Instagram Reels. Ever seen that before? It's at the bottom. There's little buttons there, and there's one that looks like sort of like a, a film thing. You push on it, and all of a sudden these, you can scroll through these videos that people upload all sorts of crazy stuff. People falling on ice and people making incredible sports shots. And uh, I sit there and, I, you know, I share them back. And like Father Pacer and I, we share them back and forth. Cause, and, I'll, and I'll just be laughing. Because it's so funny. And all of a sudden I look up and it's like, it's been two hours. <laughs> this is crazy. My goodness. What a waste of time when I should have been done doing something else. All right, I know you're saying, ah, that's... All right, let's, let's have a, a rule. All right, well, we have an escape, escape clause. And right, what is our escape clause? All right, family night, you can watch a movie. As long as it's, it's not some, you know, some filthy thing that's, you know, they're all over the place. You can't even watch, you know, all of a sudden things show up and what you think is going to be a normal show, and it's, it's scandalous. But a family night where you can watch a movie with your, with your family, not by yourself, but with your family, something that brings you together, because that's the point. Father, because we're doing it over in the rectory, and Father Pacer's like, well, 
what if we want to watch a movie? I said, we can have a, we can have a family night. All right, and uh, he said, well, what if, uh, what if I want to watch you know, something on, on TV like sports? I'm like, okay, what do we want to watch? And we're like, all right, we'll give us maximum benefit. March Madness, it's like the whole month. We can watch March Madness. <laughs> oh, so there's ways, there's ways. But it's, it's, the point of the exercise is to get rid of the things that rob us of our spiritual power and authority, to rebuild our relationship with the Lord because we have more time to pray, more time to activate those latent virtues, more time to practice those virtues so they become who we are. We become like Christ. We are perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect because we are practicing to love perfectly. And with that perfect love, we go out now and love the people in our life the Lord has called us to serve and to love. So that by knowing us, they know Jesus. And because they know us and Jesus, they are going to have Jesus in their life. And they're going to become saints. And they're going to become holy. And they're going to become happy because of us. Ah, there it is. So, you all going to do it? Yes, one person. <laughs> All right, well, that's a good start. <laughs> okay, so brothers and sisters, I just want you to pray about it. Um, pray about what's off. Pray about what makes you unhappy. And pray that we have the courage together to help each other uh, to make things right and to put ourselves and our hearts all back on the road to happiness, huh?